When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To be honest, I didn't think it was going to get to the tenth penalty, um, but you know, it, we got there, and I think Maka did the, the hard work, and she's the one that saved the penalty before, and um, it definitely took a bit of pressure off me uh, to step up, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, the emotions of. You know, if I put this in, it's it's happening. Um, I just think in that moment, I just tried to be as confident as I can, and it's something we've practiced um, heaps of times. So I just tried to channel that, and yeah, now we're going to a semi-final. Courtney Vine talks about the pressure of taking that last penalty. Of course, she stuck it in the back of the net and stuck the Matildas in a World Cup semi-final. The next bloke I'm going to talk to, he is everywhere. We see him on Channel 7. We read his stuff on Code Sports. He's on SEN. I reckon before too long, he'll be mowing the pitch and taking penalties in the penalty shootouts. Adam Peacock joins me. <laughs> no one needs that. <laughs> no one needs that in their life. <laughs> so I'll mow the pitch. I ain't taking a penalty. No chance, mate. No chance. How are you? Uh, good, mate. What did you make of it? It was some occasion, wasn't it? Oh, extraordinary. It's, it's like an out for, you know, football people who kind of sat through some utter dross and some bad times in the sport and, you know, experienced some amazing highs as well and, and got behind that. It's like an out-of-body experience. It's so weird and I don't think it'll, it'll hit like I mentioned someone the other day maybe when we sit down for Christmas lunch and look back on it and go oh wow that was a pretty interesting year highlighted by this <laughs> maybe it'll have some context then but at the moment it sits by itself yeah, I get the feeling there's going to be flow-ons from this, Adam. I think this is not just a sugar hit. It's, there's going to be a, a seismic shift in the landscape off the back of this. You know, g- girls are becoming household names. I mean, everyone knew who Sam Kerr was. Maybe they knew who Caitlin Ford was. Maybe a couple of others. Mary Fowler was um, was emerging. But, you know, someone like Courtney Vine, who steps up, ice in the veins, nails that, that penalty shot, sends us through to a World Cup semi. And, and with every one of these occasions, this gets bigger and builds more momentum, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. The, the, the momentum is only momentum, though, if it's carried on after and how that actually manifests itself. I'm not smart enough to realise that, but I've got some ideas. that, that I think the, the good thing is the, the Matildas will be playing over there in Perth uh, at the end of the year, I think end of October, in three games to qualify for the Olympics. Um, so that's that. And then next year, I, I think in a calendar year, the team needs to return to Australia as much as possible. Now, that's not easy because they're all based in Europe and club considerations are taking on greater importance all the time in the women's game um, along the lines of the men's. But I think they need to be back here for six games a year. So that's three international windows. Um, I think they have about five or six in the women's game. So they need to be back here front and centre um, at various parts of the year. Otherwise, they kind of... Like you look at the Socceroos and the momentum after the, the Qatar World Cup. Well, we played once um, back in Australia, or two games, but once against Ecuador, and there's been nothing else just by circumstance. But I think that's a really key part. You, you, you've got to have these players in front of people to experience it live, um, because what we've seen in this World Cup, it's it's magical. 
Absolutely magical. So let's talk England. What does um, Tony Gustafsson do with Sam Kerr against England? Does she start on the bench again or does she start on the pitch, do you think? No, you've got to start her, I reckon. Um, she's good enough to start physically. I, I saw her after the game the other night and mentally she was a bit flat because... Oh, not mentally, but she was a bit exhausted um, because of the, the effort she put in. She hadn't played uh, that kind of intensity in a very long time. So she, I think she was 70 minutes on the pitch the other night. So I, I think she's ready to start. And look, she knows these players so well. Millie Bright is one of the best... Um, plays for England. She's a central defender. Plays with her at Chelsea. I mean, th- this is why we've got so much hope for this um, time because these players that, that we've got are certainly as good. Certainly nowhere in terms of inferiority complex um, as the opposition, which we're not used to in football. Which makes it weird in football that we we kind of feel like this going into a World Cup semi-final. That yeah, it's not. The underdog status. We don't. We're not underdogs. We don't need to be underdogs. So yeah, I think Sam, um, because of all those things, starts the game um, because she is the best striker in the world as well. Yeah, and the the great thing about this is that we're not the finished article yet, are we? We're just seeing. We're just starting to see the mix of what Kerr might offer to Fowler, what Fowler might offer to Kerr, what the two of them might offer between them to someone like Caitlin Ford working the left side. All this stuff is just starting to come together. So um, we haven't seen the best of these Australians yet in this World Cup, I don't think. Yeah, there were stages in that Canada game where, in an attacking sense, it was like, okay, this is the Matildas we know at their best. Um, and I've long said, if if they're at their best and everything goes right, uh, we've got a chance of winning the World Cup. Now, we're, we've not consistently displayed our best yet, and here we are at the semi-final stage with more than a puncher's chance of winning the World Cup. I think if it does all click at once, it's going to be destructive from the Matildas' point of view. Um, if, if Kerr and Ford and Fowler and Rasso, I think they're the four that start up front, click, it's it's so hard to handle. And we saw that when Sam came on for those 10 minutes after she came on. It was oh, it was an avalanche running towards me there at, at, at Brisbane Stadium. It was incredible. So we've got to make those 10 minutes about 70 minutes. And, yeah, we're, we're looking at a, a World Cup final potentially. A bit's been made of Tony Gustafsson's use of his bench and his substitutes. He hasn't used it a lot. And there's some concern about some girls getting fatigued because of a lot of match time. Are you worried about that, particularly with the short turnaround in these games between the quarter and the semi? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know what he knows and what his sports science people know. So we can only guess and say, gee, using hardly any subs and then at the pointy end of the tournament... You've got to win four games in 13 days to lift a trophy. That's a big task. Like that's that's the outer outer limits of the normal. That is. But he, I don't know what his staff know about what these players are capable of physically and what kind of shape they're in. Especially now, as we sit here halfway through that stage of four games in 13 days. So uh, they might be 100%. They might be flying. I know they're doing a recovery day in Sydney here today, so that they're they're, they're off. They're off legs as much as they can be. They'll probably have a light session tomorrow and that's it before the England game. A few tactics worked on and that's about it. So, um, yeah, I I don't think he's going to change now, put it that way. Tell us about Mackenzie Arnold. What sort of person is she and and, uh, the nerves of steel she showed on Saturday night? Typical keeper, a bit different. 
Um, <laughs> she's, but she's a happy, bubbly person, and 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 everyone in the team and everyone around um, football Australia just stoked for her because she's had her challenges. She's, she's got um, hearing issues as well that she's had to to sort out through her life. So problems outside football to, to solve like we all have we all have our issues in life and, and she's no different and look uh, the coaching aspect is intriguing for me the last 18 months she's improved so much West Ham um, changed their goalkeeper coach so she got a, a higher quality coach in uh, started working with Tony Franken as well with the national team um, I don't know who was there before but Tony Franken's come in and he's a WA boy and um, old man old man now but uh He's had great success with the Socceroos. He was there in 05 with Mike Schwarzer as the goalkeeper coach and, and Zelko Kalas and those guys when we got through to a World Cup for the first time in 32 years. So he's, he's got a fair old track record, Tony, and I think that coaching aspect, um, helping Mackenzie, has helped her no end. She's, she's, she's blown me away about how good she's become in the last 18 months. It's it's great to see, and she's got the full support of Team Mike and also Lydia Williams, who are her biggest cheerleaders on the bench, so that shows the together, togetherness of this squad that people who are missing out don't feel down about it. Is there one single player that surprised you with what they've brought to the table for this World Cup for Australia? The two centre-backs, Claire Hunt and Alana Kennedy. Um, we could talk about the attacking players and, and Mary Fowler. Uh, has certainly had a breakout tournament so far, and like to think that in two World Cups she's going to be at her peak, like in, when she's 28, not now when she's 20. But the two at the back, just because of where they've, they've actually launched from in the last 12 months. So Kennedy's barely played; she's had four injuries: so knee tendon, hamstring, shoulder. And one other that escapes me right now. Um, she's had all kinds of prob- problems. A calf, I think, she pinged at one stage. Um, played three games, I think, this year for a club. Been off the radar for the Matildas, and now she steps up and she's doing what she's doing at the back. Hasn't looked totally certain the whole time, but she's playing against world-class opposition. You- you're going to have your moments. And-, and Claire Hunt, who hadn't debuted for the Matildas until February this year, um, has had seven surgeries in four years or five years, was on the radar of the Matildas, 17, 18, is now 23, and now she looks totally comfortable, like she belongs. It's incredible, the the way that they're defending. And with defending, you don't like to big them up too much because um, you've... You're always one rick away from maybe those words looking stupid, but what they've done so far is amazing. And I'll tell you what, I might do an article on Code Sports about it. <laughs> we're having a we're having a morning meeting now, so it's workshopping ideas. Come to think of it, we might do a yarn on that. But like, yeah, those two have been incredible. I like that. The other one that's caught my eye, Kyra Cooney Cross. Just looks like a great athlete, yep. and looks like she never gets overwhelmed by a hard situation. No, exactly. I, I hope she's okay. She limped off the other night and had an ice pack around her foot uh, when the celebrations were going. So fingers crossed, everything's okay there. But oh, she's been immense too. Um, she's got she's a bit of a like a bit like Mary. Her her best is two World Cups away, but she is quick. Uh, she is mobile. She is technically elite, and she's got a good head on her shoulders. That's a pretty good mix for a central midfielder. So, yeah, her, her upside um, knows no bounds either. Can we win on Wednesday, Adam? Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd put it as a 50-50 like it was against France. Evenly matched teams, know each other backwards. Yeah, down to one or two moments, I think. 
Mate, really love your stuff on Code Sports. Love your stuff on Channel 7. Love your stuff on SEN. Keep bringing it to us, hopefully, for two more games. Hopefully. Yeah, well, there'll definitely be two more games. Just hope one of them is a final, not a third-place playoff. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, looking forward to it. Thanks, mate. Good on you, Adam. Adam Peacock, of course. He writes for Code Sports. He's on Channel 7. He talks on SEN. He's an everywhere man. We'll take a break and be back to close up the show.